This is Over Here, the Outside In Music Podcast, and my name is Nick Finzer. Why would anybody want to just hear me play Giant Steps? I mean, maybe it hasn't been played on the violin much, but it's been played a million times. You know, Why would sure. anybody want to hear me play Bach? So my, the next idea is how can I place that piece within the, con- the historic context that I know? That's violinist Curtis Stewart, and that is him talking about his latest album, which is about a year old now. It's called Of Colors, and it's a fantastic album of some of Curtis's original music and his interpretation of not only jazz standards, but many pop tunes as well. So glad you could join us on this first edition of Over Here, the brand new podcast from Outside in Music, where we will be sharing lots of news, information, and interviews, conversations with our artists. I decided to use Curtis as our first artist because he has a really unique perspective. He's not the usual quote-unquote jazz musician. He doesn't play the saxophone. He does come from a musical family. His father is tubist Bob Stewart, a fantastic educator and fantastic musician. Not to mention his mother is also a fine musician herself. So Curtis has never been without inspiration and without guidance in the musical realm. So without further ado, I'm going to get right to our wide-ranging conversation with everything from Bruce Springsteen and Stevie Wonder to his original music. Enjoy. We're now live with Curtis Stewart. Hey, Curtis. What's happening? Hey, how's it going? Uh, where, Where are you talking to us from today? I am talking to you from the Upper West Side, actually from my mom's apartment, where much rehearsing happens. Uh, on her porch, which is why it's all this greenery. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so we're uh, kind of going back in time a little bit to talk about uh, your latest release. Can you tell us a little bit about the album that came out? It was yeah, back in sure. January? Yeah, back in January, I released my album Up Colors, uh, which features music that kind of captures all the worlds of uh, music making that I've been doing in New York City. So that's including classical, traditional and contemporary classical music, uh, jazz, a little bit of electronic music, and a lot of uh, avant-garde kind of leanings. Um, yeah, my mom is a violinist, and my dad is a tuba player, uh, classical jazz and Greek music, and all, all a lot of stuff in between. So the, the album kind of captures all the colors of my, my background here in New York. Right. Um, was there anything in particular that inspired you to take the plunge and get involved in recording a project of all those things? Well, I've been working on this for since 2009. Um, and I just been accumulating a lot of music and I've been working with a lot of different bands. I had been doing a lot of really great side gigs, like playing with CB wonder. And I just got off a gig with Bruce Springsteen the other day. And I was just doing all these things and it felt really good, but I just felt like I, I wanted to f- capture all these great things. My string quartet also does a lot of contemporary music. And so I wrote a quartet that's on the album. Uh, and also I was playing with a hip hop group that was doing things at BAM and Lincoln Center. And so I just felt like I wanted it. It was all very scattered. And I wanted to find one place to kind of make a summation of my experience in the last seven seven years here in the city. Totally. And I think, you know, one of the coolest things about the album was that you put into 
the thought of it, not only the music, but into the whole the whole packaging and everything. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the that whole uh, art artwork that you kind of developed for it? Sure. Well, I've been kind of dis uh, just um, disillusioned with the the CD process. You know, it's kind of like, why are we making CDs at all? Totally. <laughs> right. I mean, we should totally be making CDs, but um, just financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, because we don't end up don't we don't end up ship uh, selling as many CDs as you know we make. And so it's a huge cost. So I figured there should be some kind of draw. Like when, when you come to a concert, what, what can you take home with you if you really enjoy the performance? Mm -hmm. So I'm also, I also write a lot of poetry and I do a lot of writing um, in general. And so each, each song is accompanied by a poem that I wrote, uh, kind of exploring mm -hmm. the idea of, of color and the history and how we move through time and how we find our own place, our own kind of color in within the, the uh, spectrum of history. Uh, and uh, the seat, it's like an unfolding album color cover. So you see the front cover and then you hear the first song. When you open up, you see the first song and then you unfold it, you see the other songs and you, as you unfold the cover, it expands to a huge poster that you can, uh, I don't know. You just enter my my madness for a second. <laughs> no, it's great, man. I, I really thought it was really cool the first time that I saw it, and um, I, I think that's a great idea to you know do something different. And so, could you did you have like a plan the whole time that you wanted to do something different, and did, or was this just kind of like a spur of the moment idea where you were just like, I'm going to do this? Um, well, okay. So once I accumulated all the music. You know, I, I finally figured out which songs I wanted to record and which which recordings I wanted to use. And then from there, I mean, it's a 23 track long album and there were other tracks that I just didn't use. There's a lot of stuff cut uh, uh, for better or worse. And <clears throat> I, I was looking at the music in front of me. I came up with a, an order for everything that felt like it was really telling some kind of musical story. And from there, mm -hmm. I came up with a concept I was, I was trying to reconcile the very different styles that were on the album from the electronic and jazz and classical and all this stuff. And so that's where I came up with the idea of colors, uh, which actually hits me. I am of many colors as most of us are, but I am obviously of many colors being, being a biracial person. Um, and from there I figured why not have the uh, presentation and packaging of the CD actually represent the the concept that kind of permeates the music um yeah that's that's how that came about i just wanted the whole package to express this thing that i that i'm kind of working through personally you know and so something else that you did along the release is you have a couple of music videos that go along with uh, right uh, some of the tracks could you tell us a little bit about those you have three right uh, there are three. One is about to be released soon, actually, oh, okay. because they've um, there's it's a dance video. So I, a choreographer heard my music and really loved it and wanted to use it for a video. Right. And they've been shopping it to various festivals in Europe, um, including Cannes and etc. And so they've been it. We haven't been able to release it because it's uh, been in in the competition circuit. But I think okay. I think it's going to be available in the next month or so. Uh, it's a beautiful video. The, one of the tracks, Gone, on the album is just a solo violin, kind of lonely uh, emo. 
face. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the video is beautiful. It's just two people dancing in an empty apartment. They totally gutted this apartment in, uh, I think it was, I believe it was Norway, and filmed it. And the person who vi- filmed it has worked with a lot of pop music video people, so it has a certain look to it. Uh, so that's coming out soon. Uh, the first video that came out was a, uh, I was working with Tanner Jarman, who's now in LA, but he went to recent graduate of NYU. Mm-hmm. And we did this kind of like fantasy nightmare on the music of, uh, Anton Webern. The piece itself takes a very short fragment of Webern. Well, it takes a whole, whole piece, which happens to be very, very short. I think the whole piece lasts for a minute. And we keep mm-hmm. cycling through the piece. And as we improvise more and more with the material, it starts to fill in and like turn into this kind of monster. Uh, so the music video kind of explores that sense of fear and duality between wh- what style of music is this and what does it mean to be in between and what does it mean to be searching. And there are some mm-hmm. uh, raunchy images in that video. Uh, <laughs> which I partake in. I have a little act. I have a dual acting role in that video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the third video is I was working with Elizabeth Otten Chen, who uh, is out of SBA School of Visual Arts. She's a really great um, uh, video artist, and she was living in Boston and took some. It's, this one has to do with um, my electronics remix of a Bach fugue. So I was, I was okay. taking the idea of a fugue, um, which is in several themes, uh, one theme stated um, in essentially in canon, and then spinning out those ideas uh, <clears throat> uh, and using that to inform uh, an, an electronics fugue uh, in the sense where the textures of electronics kind of interrupt each other and they come in and out and there's these themes, uh, which was mixed by Tyler Gilmore, who was an amazing electronics, uh, live electronics artist. Um, anyway, the video, uh, is of a really, uh, kind of huge and iconic church in Boston. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's videotaping the material is just her videotaping the church, but, through uh, post-production, she chops and screws the images, and there's all this uh, stuff to imitate what happens in the audio uh, mm. to the fugue. So it's uh, it's kind of an experiment. I mean, they're all kind of experimental, um, but you know, just a uh, access entry point to my just my inspiration of trying to figure out um, what our references are for music and how we can use those references to access other other avenues of listening um, and trying to find surprising um, juxtapositions and intersections of both various styles of music and just concepts and art and stuff. With that, I want to cut away briefly to the audio that Curtis was talking about here, the J.S. Bach solo sonata number one fugue remix you can find it on his youtube channel if you want to watch the video that he was describing it's really great but just to give you a little bit of a taste of curtis and his music and what this record of colors is all about it's an intersection of all of his influences and here is a little bit of remixed bach
That, that's, that's really great. So where can people find those if they want to find them? Uh, you can look at those, look for those on my YouTube channel. Uh, I believe that's Curtis. It's just Curtis J. Stewart. If you look up YouTube and they're all on my channel, uh, except gone, which is coming out soon. So you should check, look for that. Uh, they're also on Vimeo, but I don't know the link for that. So just, yeah, look me up. Curtis cool. J. Stewart. Yeah, I'll, I'll find the links. I'll find the links and put them in the description cool. where they'll be live on YouTube. So you'll be able to find those. There's some poetry that I wrote that accompanies both of the videos I mean, there's poetry for each video that I wrote that kind of illuminates the abstraction of it. You know, for me, I, something that I find super intriguing about all the projects that you do is the holistic view that you have of this, of, of these things and right. kind of how they all in, intersect, like you were talking about. And uh, d have you always kind of conceived of projects in this way, or is it kind of taking you a while to get there? Um, no, I usually start from, I think, a little seed, like an idea. Like, oh, I want to play Giant Steps. <laughs> and then I'll play it, and I'm like, okay, I, I can play this too at a certain level, you know, and I want to just, why why would anybody want to just hear me play Giant Steps? You know, I mean, I, I mean, maybe it hasn't been played on the violin much, but it's been played a million times, you know. Why would sure. anybody want to hear me play Bach on the violin? And then, so my the next idea is how can I place that piece in, within the con the historic context that I know mm -hmm. and relate it to the history that I know and try to find offshoots and relations and re reorganize that music or rearrange it. And so then once that happened, I, you know, I have this whole album of uh, crazy arrangements and then I'm just trying to find meaning in it because I'm just, I'm kind of reacting to myself. Like I'll, I'll I do something mm -hmm. and then I, look back on it a month later and I'm, Oh, what, why did I do that? And then I try to find, I try to find order in, in my various reactions. And so I'm, it's, it's much like improvising a solo, really, you know, you, you make a statement and then you leave some space and then you make another statement and you try to organize those statements into a, into a story. Hmm. I'm very much a bottom up person. <laughs> gotcha. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to come from a concept and then do it. But I'm working on that. I'm actually working on some um, songs that I'm trying to do that. So I have a lot of just thoughts about uh, how time moves and how love works, and you know, mm -hmm. normal normal song or singer songwritery things. And uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is love anyway? Um, <laughs> what is what is the meaning of life? Anyway, so that's top down, and I'm kind of sucking at it, mm -hmm. but I'm working. I'm working on it. So those are coming out soon. I, I just did a nice a video, informal video session in my house, my apartment, with three mm -hmm. high definition cameras, and my buddy Darian Deshawn, who's a great uh, filmmaker, but also actor and poet. He helped me work on some stuff, as well as as well as Elizabeth Ottenchen, the video artist, mm -hmm. and uh, we're just working on you know just some snapshots of what I'm working on now in terms of songs and uh, just, you know, invitations for people to come hang at concerts. Cool. And so speaking of concerts, I remember your, when you did the CD, well, CD album release back right. in that November. Was that, uh, that was a great band and a, a really cool use of you played those videos like during the concert to kind of right. celebrate the music. Do you have any plans to perform again with that group or? I would like to. I, I think, uh, <clears throat> let's see, do I have anything? I don't know that I have a lot coming up with that band yet. I'm, 
Right now, I'm working with my string quartet. We are the uh, quartet in residence at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So we have a lot on our plate. Yeah. We just did a pop-up in the American wing, playing right in front of a huge picture of George Washington crossing the Delaware. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was a lot. And then <laughs> we have a, a show coming up November 5th um, in the Cloisters, where we're reimagining the works of Baroque. It's called the New Baroque. Okay. And uh, so reimagining the works of Bach and playing a Schnitke, Alfred Schnitke Quartet he wrote in 18, 1983 that pairs the music of De La Sousse and and Beethoven and Shostakovich. And so it's kind of like chopping, chopping up style across time and like mm -hmm. weaving those themes in and out. Just trying to f find how the Baroque still continues to exist in the concept of many of our contemporary composers, both abstractly and very um, uh, practically in terms of the themes that they use and the textures that they use. Um, nice. So how long does this residency go for? Does... It's the entire year. So we basically have a, a show every month or every other month. In in wow. in May next year, we're doing a it's Thelonious Monk's 100th birthday in 2017. And we okay. have uh, James Carter coming on board with a quartet. And we're doing some monk arrangements. And we're doing like an arrangement of a VJ Iyer tune and pairing that with the music of Ligeti, who, I, who wrote these oh, wow. amazing piano etudes which I wish mm -hmm. we could arrange, but there's some there's some like liabilities there. So we're playing his first string quartet, okay, and pairing that with the music of Thelonious Monk. Those you know just the jagged abstraction, but it's also very clear um, textualization of of ideas. So, so that concert will be in that's May. in May. Yeah, it's in May. We're also doing. We're just, I mean, there's, there's like shows every other month. You can check us out at Public Quartet. P U B L I Q. U A R T E T dot com. So besides, so you've got the you've got the string quartet project. You've got the band from this album, right? And you've got this new project with the singer songwriter project. Right. Is that that's right? So you got some, anything else you're working on right now? Um, I've been a longstanding member of the Mighty Third Rail, which is a hip hop poetry uh, band. We haven't had a ton of concerts recently, but uh, my friend Darian Deshawn is working on a really awesome project called the uh, Brobot. Robot Johnson Adventures or something along those lines, lines which is like a nice. that's like a coming of age story for a robot in uh, New York okay. in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know if that speaks to Darian's experience, but you know, it's some somehow it's awesome. That's not my project, but it's a project that I'm really interested in. Um, yeah, just got off the road with Bruce Springsteen. That was pretty dope. Did three concerts in the uh, MetLife Stadium and down in D.C. and then one in Philly. Mm -hmm. And uh, Quartet is doing various concerts, in, one in Strathmore, D.C. And But I don't know, me, in terms of, oh, I'm also teaching it. I just started teaching at LaGuardia Performing Arts High School here in New York City. And mm -hmm. that's kick, kicking my butt, but the kids are wonderful as usual. So it's both yeah, inspiring and hard. You know, it's a lot of hard work, but it's also super inspiring. So can you tell us more about playing with uh, Stevie Wonder? How did that come about and how was that? What was that oh, like? Um, the, somehow the contract, one of the musicians on the gig, you know, knew of my work. I think I had just released the CD and they saw me out and about. Um, mm -hmm. And they, you know, they recommended me to the contractor and I got, I got called. We did, um, met, sold out at Madison Square Garden, which is like 
which is like a yeah, tremendous man. thing to witness. You know, you're looking out and just like all these people, it's just like tremendous. The spirit on that gig was amazing. It's just like all sorts of people talk about being of colors, like looking onto this audience, all sorts of people just mm-hmm. partying and celebrate like this beautiful, like pure celebration. And, you know, we all knew the music. So, you know, we were, you know, playing pastime paradise and isn't she lovely and all, you know, amazing stuff. And the, it's interesting. The Bruce Springsteen show was very similar. There are probably uh-huh. more people in the stadium. Like for example, the MetLife, like, or maybe it's similar. I don't know, but um, yeah. who knows? But it was just, it was interesting that the energies of these like pop stars, you know, yeah. um, not the, not just the pops. Well, the pop stars are all, always super chill. Like Bruce Springsteen and Stevie are both very generous and like just cool people. You know, they're, they try to take care of all their musicians. They always, you know, they give you attention. They're not just pushing you off to the side. It's really awesome. But um, the audiences are interesting because you're seeing a whole demographic out there, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Right. It's not just 10 people at Cornelia Street Cafe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, it's not a small sampling of, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty awesome. 10,000 people, seeing 10,000 people at once is just like, it's amazing to be part of that <clears throat> different totally different energy for sure mm-hmm. do you have anything else coming up with them either one of those guys um no nothing yet one of the most popular tracks from curtis's record of colors was his cover of the tune prototype as you can tell he's worked with so many great pop artists he's not only confined to jazz or classical music he crosses genre he crosses industries he is a uh, He's a musician that I look up to for his breadth and diversity and, of course, his various artistic concepts, as I mentioned before in that interview. Right now, I want to introduce you a little bit to that popular track from his record of colors. This is a little bit of prototype before we finish up with the last segment of Curtis's interview. As you were coming up, you know, I know we met first at Eastman School of Music in yeah. Rochester, and you're from New York, you grew up in New York. Yeah. What were some of your kind of early influences that kind of led you on this path that's so diverse? Uh, well, the, the biggest influence are my parents. You know, my dad plays jazz tuba, he, Bob Stewart. He, he Actually, you studied with him at, at Juilliard. I think he did the jazz band when that's you true. were there. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just watching him maneuver on the on this instrument the tuba and carve out his own not just not just as an instrumentalist but as an artist carve out his own niche and voice 
uh-huh. and developing a sound for an instrument that kind of lost, not didn't lose its place in the jazz uh, world, but it was a little bit hazy. Everybody kind of forgets that jazz is one of uh, that tuba is one of the original instruments of jazz. Mm-hmm. But you know, watching him do that and be like, I want to do that too, and some somehow or another, and uh, or being with my mom and watching her create these projects and develop songs and watching her on Finale or Sibelius or whatever program she was using and uh, mm-hmm. writing music, I would always just go into my room and start writing and writing these crazy ass violin pieces that I never performed. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the so and my mom plays both classical music and traditional Greek music and jazz and. They were always around these avant um, people like uh, Lester Bowie from Brass Fantasy and Sam Rivers Orchestra and um, Henry Threadgill and Steve Coleman. Like these people were all like I babysat Regina Carter's dog or dog sat, I should <laughs> say, when I was like 13. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like just, just around this community of people. You just want to like, you know, hang. You just want to. I'm looking at these people. I used to remember seeing them my parents or the people they're playing with on stage and just kind of like, how would I enter this space if I had the skills to do so? And I've always just kind of dreamt of that. And, uh, um, it's amazing that it's starting. It's like just now starting some, this little seed of a career is starting to blossom and I'm just, you know, excited to go along for the ride. And I hope it just continues to grow. Try to, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it will. I mean, you're, an amazing musician and artist can really clear ideas about even though maybe you don't think they're clear from the outside they seem extremely well thought out and put together so thanks um well so do you do you, do you have any uh do you have any thoughts or advice for you know musicians that maybe are younger than you or i and are thinking they're in your the place that you were thinking about they might maybe they want to try to carve out their niche or yeah isn't represented in the music that they want to play? Well, you know, everybody arrives at their voice or their career in a different way, I think. And you have to just be available for the hardships, you know? <laughs> you just have to be, yeah. like, available to just kind of, like, go in and, uh, like, fail and right. have, have fun doing it. And, like, the biggest thing, I mean, I can tell you how I kind of, my philosophy for doing it. One was I had a whole bunch of friends that I just loved playing with. And so even when... Like, for example, my friend Nick Ravel, we went to Eastman together. We had a band there that, that happened. We did all these things, played at the Rochester Jazz Festival and stuff. And then we moved. So we, it was hard for us to all sit together. But we formed a string quartet together. And we had a lot of successes and failures. But the biggest thing about the quartet was we were all friends. And we just loved playing with each other and loved playing. And we were all available to just try whatever opportunity came. Mm-hmm. you know i'm a big you know you have to have a clear idea you have i think you have to from i had to think of i had to want to have a clear vision you know i had that my intention is to have a vision but i yeah. never really know what that vision is you know it, the sure. intention the intention is to try to organize all the things that are happening to you because it's none of it is really in your control like I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to play with, I'm going to play with Stevie and I'm going to like do this. And like, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm going to like, you know, it was just like, you just do what, what you're good at and also make yourself available to like, um, rise to the occasion for the things that you might not be good at and, and like be sure. okay, 
be okay with failing sometimes and just enjoy the ride. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's so that's, great advice. that's like one, one philosophy, but, and also just, you know, keep playing, just play as much as possible. You know, I, there's so many gigs that I went on and like, I, at that point might not have been practicing as much as I should have been, or like, you know, you're like in between gigs. It's right. like, it's like that moment when, when you really need those chops and, so you, <laughs> I know of, what you mean. Just like keep playing, no matter what, and like and enjoy it. It's all worth it. In Great. The Was there anything anything else you want to uh, mention before we wrap up? Um, no, I think. I mean, that's that's it for me. Uh, keep a lookout for the quartet if you're interested in kind of weird avant mixed with uh, improvisatory music, and I'll let you guys know when the next thing is. Yeah, so you got, and you got so the videos coming too, right? Soon-ish. Yeah, I'll, yeah, soonish. I have to get in touch with those the Norway guys, uh, ladies. Yeah, and um, did I say also your mom put out a record? Yeah, she did. Um, Ridges from the East, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of combines her. She she grew up in Poland, and so it, and but she's Greek, so there's all these bridges uh, connecting her to the American uh, art music called jazz and <clears throat> so she's kind of trying to create all these bridges real because that's where she came from she's like those bridges aren't just made up and so she's it, uh she wrote some violin duos that like kind of are inspired by bartok but also uh somebody like steve coleman mm-hmm. um and a lot of music that kind of tries to capture the greek spirit in one way or another and also polish folk songs mixed with um, the jazz lexicon of improvisation. So, cool. So, yeah. if people want to find you and get in touch, what's the best way? Uh, you can check out my website, curtisjstewart.com, uh, or just Great. just send, send me an email, curtisjstewart at gmail.com. Watch out, now you're going to get yeah, flooded. Now, yeah, right now, I'm going to get flooded. <laughs> flooded. <laughs> Everybody wants a violin lesson. Watch out. Please, yeah, please flood. I, right now, I've got a drizzle going on. So, <laughs> a, a light haze, a light. A light. <laughs> so, flood away. Um, or face. Man, well, thanks for taking the time to uh, chat and uh, yeah, it's fun. talk about the record and everything. All right, man. It's, it's always good to be a part of, part of the outside and team. Oh, well, thanks for doing that. And uh, so. I will probably see you around the city soon. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Curtis. Bye. That is violinist Curtis Stewart, and we were just talking about his latest album, Of Colors, that came out in January of 2016. And this is part one of two. We have a follow-up interview coming with Curtis to talk about what's been happening since the album, and there's some great things that have been happening for him including a special appearance on the colbert show so you're not going to want to miss that so make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you like to listen to them 